for the words um welcome to one foot on the ground (laughs) this is ashley oh and this is johnny and today we are going to discuss sleeping beauty 1959 he was right last week you guys i uh, (laughs) i doubted him and i i shouldn't have i i sometimes doubt myself with that one i always want to say that it's 10 years earlier like nineteen forty nine or nineteen sixty nine? Forty nine. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> but like when when was when was Snow White? Oh, uh like pop quiz 40, I do not know. Forty no, thirty thirty seven. Thirty nine. Thirty nine. Just kidding. That's the Wizard of Oz. No Snow no. White thirty seven. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. See, 39. No, wait a minute. 39 is Wizard of Oz. 39? Was Wizard right? of Oz? Wow. Wasn't it? I don't know. Maybe. Who cares about that, though? We're not doing that. We're not doing either of those. <laughs> we're, not doing, we're, we're not doing either of those. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, so, 59. Um, so... Where am I? What am I? How do I? Oh, well, first of all, why don't you give people a synopsis? Oh, my uh, my rundown. Yes. Uh, all right. So, this wealthy couple have a baby, <laughs> and I've never heard them described as fairies. a wealthy couple. <laughs> <laughs> well, they okay. got money, yeah. and so like you know, like fairies come and they each offer. They don't really offer. They're like, we're going to give the this baby three wishes, yes. three, three something, it's three gifts. wishes, no, no, no more, no less. And like the moment they said that, I was like, be so good if it was something spooky. And they were like, they were like, can you guys stop? And they were like, no, it's three, um, just three horrible things like <laughs> cloven feet. <laughs> Instead oh of like beauty, <laughs> well, I was like that'd be a really good twist. But yeah, so they give them a three three wishes, and obviously it's they're like not, not beauty wishes, and like perfect like pitch, and then yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like a oh, a villainous fairy comes oh, on in, and she's more powerful than the other fairies. 
And she's all like, LOL, I'm also going to give this babe a wish. Uh, but it's to die at 16 after she pricks her finger on a magical spinning wheel. And uh, good luck. Bye-bye. And then she dips out. <laughs> <laughs> and now people got to troubleshoot this. And so the last fairy is like, I guess I'll do like, instead of her dying, like she falls asleep until she meets true love's first kiss because Avi, like that breaks all spells. And then the, the three fairies decide that, you know, waiting 16 years is going to be a real struggle. If, this baby is like well known the whole time and also oh, like true. the father like burns like this the spinning wheels uh to like imagine? i don't know avoid them for 16 years like he well, could have waited just, but like just, whatever he's like, you know, he was acting on emotions and yeah. like i get it and so the fairies take this babe and raise it for 16 years and act like mortals the whole time and then, you know, she meets a person in the woods. She, uh, someone who's in the woods who's slumming it. She digs it, and uh, they live happily ever after, or not, because I didn't mention anything about any. I was about curse. to say, there's some things that happen in between those things. <laughs> Mistaken. I just identity. felt like I was talking for too long. Yeah, so. She meets she meets a dude. I mean, you didn't even And the, the fairies are like, slapped. "Be careful because you're betrothed." And, and she's like, "Um, he was in my dreams, so like, I get it." And it's also like stranger she, danger. Like, hello, you met some dude yeah, in the woods, and you, hello, you're only and that's what freaking she says. Six, she's well, like, well, actually, she's a stranger. And he was like, "Um, because her birthday me in was your like dreams. the next oh, day, right?" Right? Oh, I I got what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, uh, I love that yeah. scene. So, yeah, so, we'll talk about. Yeah, that. no, she she pricks her finger and like you know, <laughs> drama ensues, and then you get to the end of the movie and like people are happy. <laughs> um, yeah, that's basic things there's a lot more that happened i i like how you skimmed over most of maleficent's big moments but whatever we'll get uh, to that. she's got she's got some moments that i'm pretty fond of uh i all of them every time she's on the screen she's on screen like three times and they're all perfect it's flawless she's absolutely flawless <laughs> she, yeah she really is <laughs> i mean she's the mistress of all evil her skin is immaculate yeah. Her is that eye her makeup title? is perfect. Of course, that's her title. Okay. Uh, she is elegantly dressed. Her headpiece is to die for. I mean, there's just nothing wrong with her. She's perfect. Uh, and her voice. We'll talk about her voice. But um, so okay, yeah, that's a good rundown. I mean, the 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 original fairy tale, actually. In retrospect, like, most of these fairy tales, especially the ones with the princess crap, like, they all kind of have the same elements. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's not the first princess to fall asleep. Like, Snow White did, too. You know? Like, but... Well, I, I thought that Snow White fell asleep because, like, I don't know, it doesn't seem like these villainous women can, like, kill people, you know, for, the, like, the sake of, like, 
on-screen action. Uh, hello, but... she tried. Maleficent Ooh. tried. She did. And then the fairy was like, Ooh, you'll fall asleep yeah. instead. Exactly. Also, I had some issues with the fairies were like, oh, we'll pretend to be peasant women and raise this child. And they're like, how do we do that? And she was like, I don't know, but like, you know, humans do it, so I guess we can do it. And then I was like, do fairies not baby? Are they never babies? Who trains the fairies? Who teaches them magic? Why is Maleficent stronger than them if they don't have childhood? If they don't have learning? If they don't have, like, I don't know, steps? I I mean I I don't that's know. What I, that's what I thought about. <laughs> <laughs> that was my that was my crisis throughout the film. <laughs> I was like, oh, how well, do you train another thing if you've never been trained? I mean, I'm sure their upbringing was way different than raising a human child because they're not. Yeah, human sure. Children. Yeah, no, they had to take away their wings, John. I Maybe saw that. Maybe they don't eat. <laughs> I mean, you don't you don't know that they might not. Oh, eat. they don't eat. They might not. We never saw them eat. Who knows? Oh, no, we saw them. We saw tea, them though. attempt to bake a cake. No, they did drink tea. No, no, no. We saw them eat. Meriwether stress ate, and that was my favorite part. Oh, she did. Malefic she conjured biscuits. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> she just right. kept conjuring biscuits and that's eating right. them. So they were having she was tea. Just stress eating. It was perfect. I mean, that sounds about right. I would do that. Uh, <laughs> absolutely if you had a magic wand and you were nervous about something and somebody gave you tea you'd keep you'd keep conjuring up some crumpets girl crumpets? I'd have so many biscuits, biscuits. it'd be ridiculous mm-hmm. yeah I mean come on uh, it'd be bad for my health but whatever I would actually whatever. No, you know what if I was a fairy and I could do all that kind, of, I would just poof my fat right off I'd be like <laughs> bitch <laughs> These things are going to be so full of flavor, but they ain't going to cause no fat. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so um, what what was I saying? What How do I start saying? talking about this? I don't know. Uh, so we gave you some synopsis. We let me just start talking about the movie. So start talking about the movie. This film took. Walt Disney six years and six million dollars to make. It costs That's too much. A lot of money. Um, well, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of money. Um, but this was also the first film. How do I explain this? Okay, so it was technically the first feature that Disney was doing in uh, seventy millimeter. So it was going to be in Tecnorama, right. and. Uh, so it went into production and while it was in production, they started another film, which is the only other, and actually, well, I want to say it's the only other 70 millimeter, but I don't know if that's exactly correct. Cause I can't remember what the black cauldron was. Anyway, not oh. the point for animated features. Um, this one was the first to be started or whatever, but then the one that was released uh, before this one came out and started production 
in the middle of this one was Lady and the Tramp. So Lady and the Tramp is the only yeah. other 70 millimeter uh, Technorama film um, by the Disney studio. But like I said, I can't remember. I, I feel like there was something Black weird about Cauldron the Black was Cauldron. It was 70 millimeter? Okay. I thought so. I was like, I know there was something weird about that one. But um, anyway, so they spent a lot of money, like I said, a lot of money, a lot of time to make the film. But the reason it took a long time was because, uh, one, the 70 millimeter, everything had to be uh, immaculate. Like all the animation had to be perfect. It had to look like it, you couldn't have dust up in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very clean animation. I will say that. It, it's super insane. clean. It's insane how beautiful this film is. And, well, that was on purpose. It was purposefully beautiful. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> even the, the background art is absolutely... It's insane how beautiful it is. Um, so... But because of that, so but the, the, so he also wanted to break away from the normal uh, format that he had before. Like all the previous ones, well, first of all, were all full frame, like so they were smaller. But they were also <laughs> kind of like an evolution. If you go from their earliest films, you know, even the short films, up to Pinocchio or whatever, you got a certain style. And this one was the first one to break the Disney style. So it was not in the style of all the previous. Does that make sense? Like this one is yeah. a very specific style. And most of that comes from the artist uh, Evan Evan Earl. Evan Earl? I can't say his name right. Evan Earl. It's E-Y-V-I-N-D. Uh, Earl. I think it's Evan. Evan? Evan Earl? Evan? No. I mean, I've heard it said eight billion times. I'm just worried I'm saying it wrong all the time. Um, so he, um, he was basically the guy that came in and did all of the backdrops for the film because Disney liked it. He's like, oh, yes, I like this. I like what you're doing. So why don't you do all of it? And <laughs> so this one poor little man had to sit here and paint all these backdrops. And then he basically got reign over the style of the film as well. So all of the normal Disney animators that had to come and do the characters, they're like, you know, well, now we're forced to do this style that we have no control over. Like, we can't do our typical Disney shit, basically. Yeah. And they were a little miffed, but the, the compromise ended up being with the three fairies. Because uh, those are the most Disney-like characters in the whole film, if that makes sense. Um, One thousand percent. Yeah. Like, and that was that was my thought when I saw them. By the way, I watched this movie over breakfast this morning, and when I watched it, I was like, "Man, the last time you watched this flick was like probably when I was a child." Like, really? real, real small. Because there were elements that I remembered, but I didn't remember, like, necessarily, like, the details of the plot. Hmm. You know? And so when I saw the three fairies, I was like, oh, yeah. That's very iconic Disney. Three fairies of three different colors. Oh, yeah. You know, like, coming in and, like, being, like, bubbly and fun. 
Well, and in fact, the, the three fairies were supposed to be exact uh, replicas of each other. They were supposed to be like Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Like, they weren't supposed yeah. to be different. Well, th and that's what they felt like. <clears throat> the Disney animators specifically wanted them to have different looks and personalities. So it was right. really them that fought for them to be the way that they ended up being. Um, the guy who did uh, Maleficent was Mark Davis. And I can't say enough positive things about that whole situation. <laughs> um, <clears throat> she's the best. <laughs> <laughs> she really is. She's because I think out of all the Disney villains to this day, I think Maleficent is probably the most, I don't know how to explain that. I mean, she is technically the most evil. Well, yeah, she know. wanted that baby to die. She wanted the baby to die. I mean, for one thing. And the whole yeah, entire... Because she wasn't invited? To the party. I mean... It's like... Yeah, they were like, you're not hurt, are you? And she's like, no. no so I'm going to give no, your baby no. a wish. Um, It's going to die at 16. Like, you're welcome. That baby dead, girl. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, she wished death on an infant. I mean, she's... And she commands the powers of hell. I mean... It's like, dude. I mean, woman, that's just because she's a boss ass bitch. But she, like, whatever. She, I mean, she's amazing. I seriously, I would, I would seriously want to be her friend if she were a real person. <laughs> Can I please be one of your minions? Um, <clears throat> her minions were idiots too. It was fantastic. Like flotsam um, and jetsam. No, like the hyenas. Kind, the yeah, hyenas? Well, I would say they're closer to the hyenas. But I mean, I will say out of Disney villains, like, I want to say, uh, what is his name? Um, Felicier? Dr. Felicier? I think that's his name. Who's Maybe that? I'm wrong. He's from The Princess and the Frog. Okay. Which, uh, visually very prince-like, but he kills a main character in that movie. <gasps> and <Shot. laughs> I mean, spoilers, everybody. <laughs> and it's honestly one of the saddest things. It's like, are you fucking kidding? He just killed a main character. Like, he, he killed it. I, was I like, mean, so what? did Scar. Uh oh, you're right. Well, Scar was a dickwad. Um, see, that's the thing. I think, I think yeah. the thing about Maleficent is that she's so... There's something about her that it's like, yeah, she's definitely evil. I mean, to want death upon an infant child for not being invited to the party. Absolutely. This is not... <laughs> that's scary. But at the same time, like, you want to see her. You want to hear her. You want... You know what I mean? Like, she's... She's just... Good. Like, it's just... There's something about it. It's. I would say Ursula is probably the closest runner-up, in my opinion. Ooh, Ursula is pretty good, too. Ursula's You're right, very though. Good. And she also no. has a very iconic sounding voice. And that's Eleanor Audley does the voice of Maleficent. And her voice is one of my favorite things ever. Like, I love that woman's voice. I, every time I hear her, it's just, I love it. I want to hear all of it. Uh, she did. Yeah, the you've voice... definitely brought this up once or twice before. Oh, I have because she's I love it. movie, I think. And probably. I've, I've probably brought it up in every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, yeah, I've got to bring up my Eleanor my Audley. favorite bit of Maleficent was when 
she lures Aurora to a spinning wheel, the oh, only spinning in wheel the in the entire kingdom. And well, like Homegirl like it. pricks her I mean, finger and like, you know, fulfills the prophecy. And then the fairies are like chasing for her. And when they get to the room, Maleficent is standing over like she's standing in the room with her cloak like covering the floor. And then she raises her cloak in such a reveal to like show off the body of Aurora <laughs> and she's like there's your princess she is dead and then just like blips out that's oh, my favorite part like what a reveal like she gives her villainous speech and then reveals the dead body and is like lol bye uh yeah and her puff of green <laughs> it's smoke it's, or green flames or whatever it's amazing and that's how she appears yeah. for the first time too is her her green flames but yes so well so uh hold on let me get my notes well let's talk more about maleficent real quick let's get this out of the way because i could talk about her for ever hours um, like i said she's my favorite but just in general like like the entrance of maleficent for instance and and like i said if you if you look at the evolution of disney films up to this point like as soon as this film starts literally as soon as it starts you're seeing something you've never seen before, right? Like, the very opening, like, with the fanfare and all the people going across the, the drawbridge to go up to the castle. I mean, the whole entire sequence yeah. is spectacular to see. Like, and you also have to remember that when you saw this in theaters, it was 70 millimeter, and it was on a screen that's kind of similar to an IMAX screen. So it's freaking huge. So you're seeing this immaculate detail in this animation that you've never experienced before. And it's completely different from anything you've ever seen. I mean, including live action films. I mean, what live action film looked like this up to this point? None of them. Do you know? So then you get, <laughs> so then when you finally get introduced to Maleficent, the animation around her just appearing is amazing. Like there's a, a, a blackout right before they start bringing her in. Like it, the screen is completely black. So you're like, doused in darkness before she actually appears it is incredible and if you ever watch this you know at night with all the lights out and you're just you know what i mean like especially if you got a good tv like especially those new tvs have you seen these things where like they turn off the i don't know how to explain it but it, it's like true black like it's actually not oh lit ooh, yeah i want one of those so bad but i have a 3d tv and i got the 3d movies anyway that's a different story but um, anyway, it's just it's one of those things where it's like it's so beautiful to look at. Um, anyway, so she appears and she's amazing. She does the things. Um, I always wondered, though, if if Maleficent hadn't interrupted the situation, what would Meriwether have given her as the gift? Do you know what I mean? Like unlimited was... snacks. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Duh, I knew it was coming. Like, I was like, yeah. And I was like, well, there goes her snacks. <laughs> like, <laughs> she just conjures snacks whenever she wants. I want a snack. Yeah. Mommy, I want a snack. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> that's your power, daughter. Get out of my hair. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, I always wondered that because I, I was like, well, what she was she? Have oh, that's I was going to talk about the origins of the story, but I, whatever. So, 
in you, the origins, I mean, you can still talk about it. Like, yeah, I'm still here. There's, they're kind of like, um, like I was saying, they're kind of all similar. Like they, they have the evil stepmother or something. They have a princess in peril. They have a prince. You know what I mean? Like they're all basically kind of the same. They just have slightly different things about them. So. You know, yeah, we this, just did uh, the Beast It was last like 30 week, so. years until another princess happened, though, right? Something like that? After this? Oh, it might have been. Because yeah, because, like, the next one's, like, what? Ariel? The Little Mermaid? And that's, like, 1989? It was 89, yeah. Just, Girl, yeah, I know that. Yeah, so, like, 30 years before, the, before we got another princess. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you might be right. Um huh. I mean, that's interesting, but she, or the, the <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, well, I think there might be a reason for that, but we'll get to that. Um, uh, so anyway, so the fairy tale situation. So they, um, in the original fairy tale, she was asleep for a hundred years. In this one, she's barely asleep for an afternoon, I think. Like, <laughs> yeah, she like barely took a nap. So like, for her I to doubt be she got like real beauty, rest. Like I would be pissed if I woke up from that. I'd be like, dude, I was only asleep for like an hour. <laughs> what were you doing? <laughs> like you could have at least let her sleep until the next day or something. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't even hit my rem. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> She's just like mad, <laughs> and of course She's you're like, getting yeah. I guess you're like my true love or whatever, kiss. but I mean, this isn't cool. It doesn't matter how good that kiss is if you're getting wake woken up that way. Like, can you imagine? Like, get get off me! Like, Could <laughs> you imagine her being like, <laughs> <laughs> what is this? I've never even like, been yeah. kissed before. Like, who is this? And that's the other thing: true love's first kiss. They haven't even kissed. Like, that's no, literally the first time. they did hold hands, John, though. They oh, held hands, yeah. and that was pretty intimate. And it's pretty disgusting, too, because she's fucking 15. I mean... 16? Well, 16. Her birthday was Okay, but yesterday. wait a minute. Hold on. No. 16 when he kissed her, I suppose. But he, she was 15 when he met her. Because her birthday wasn't until the next day. Right? Wasn't it? Or was it... I think it was the, it was the date no, of her birthday. No, 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 no. No, the day that they met was her, she was 15, because she was going to be the, uh, the, the princess the next morning, right? Yeah, they, like, had just revealed to her that she was actually a princess, which, like, oh, they were minute, like, hey, minute, surprise, minute, you're 16, also you're a princess, when you're betrothed to Prince sets. Philip, and we're fairies. Like, that's, like, a lot. That's just like a lot to give her all Before at once. Before the sun sets on her 16th birthday. Okay, so never mind. So it was her birthday. So she was technically... It doesn't matter. She was still underage. <laughs> it's still disgusting. Well, and how old well, was he was like he was like five or six years old when she was born, right? Oh, and BTW. Oh, yeah, because he looked in her cradle. He was hanging over her cradle, and they were like, oh, that's your lucky wife. That's your <laughs> wife he's like, oh. He's like, ew. <laughs> he really did give her like a gross look. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that, that'd be kind of weird. Like you, like be looking at a baby, and someone's like, "That's your betrothed." Actually, so, do you know? Uh, be that, careful, because she's yours. That kind of age differences was my grandparents. I'm pretty sure. 
And I always I thought mean, about that. I mean, the age difference isn't a bother. It's just like, I think it's like a lot to give to like that, a in my head, But in my head, that was my grandparents. Like, my grandfather <laughs> looked at his wife like, ugh, like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? That's my wife? Uh, <laughs> no, but my grandmother was amazing. So, that, whatever. <laughs> and, I mean, I guess so was Aurora, which they named her. I Aurora. mean... She had uh, this girl also has several pitch. names. I mean, can you imagine being the princess at Disney, like the like the act or the person that's hired to play this princess? And you're like, so you're going to be referred to three different ways by whoever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you're Briar Rose, you're Aurora, and you're Sleeping Beauty, and you could have any one of those names get thrown at you at any point. <laughs> Those people have, um, they have their, like, they have training. They've got, like, their... You would have to get trained for that. They have, like, media training. It's, like, every day's a press conference where the, they have, like, <laughs> they have they have Aurora answers. You know what I mean? So that every kid gets... The full So experience. that they preserve the magic. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. But that's what yeah. I'm saying, like... Whew, girl. Like, everybody else just gets one name. Pocahontas, you got Cinderella, you got uh, Snow White. I mean, what was Snow White's real name? true. I don't know. Yeah, and she can get mixed up with, like, a Briar Rabbit. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're like, aren't you supposed to be a rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> she can't be any anywhere near Splash Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. Although she'd fit in over there, I think. The yeah. design of that area is very uh, reminiscent of the backdrops in this. Uh, anyway, not the point. So, uh, anyway, so, uh, oh, uh, oh my God, where do my notes go? Oh, they're down here. <laughs> they're below you, John. So, uh, let's see here. So, when this came out, it was the second highest grossing film that year. It was only second to Ben-Hur. But, it only made... That's a big movie. Yeah. It, it made a lot of money. Well, it made a lot of money, but it didn't make enough because it, this was a loss, and it was one of the first losses that they had. Uh, ben Hur or Sleeping Beauty? Sleeping Beauty. I'm sorry, Sleeping Beauty. <coughs> oh, I was talking about Ben Hur. Oh, like Ben Hur was a big movie. Yeah, like that's like it. rough to go against. I don't care. <laughs> do you hear it in my voice? I don't care. Uh, we're never gonna do Ben Hur. I fell asleep three times during that movie because it's that long and boring. Uh, <laughs> like the fact that I had enough time long. to take three naps <laughs> like that's too long um anyway so yeah but uh it only grossed like what five five point something million so it didn't quite make its its money back from the production um and they actually had to lay off a lot of animators because of this and uh, there was just a, there was a lot of like ooh shit like even though it was beautiful and everybody loved it it was, still was kind of like well we kind of didn't <laughs> like you know what I mean like this is bad and yeah this took six years and then we didn't make our money back and they also because of the cost of the production and how crazy it was and how long it took and all that kind of bullshit it was like yeah we're not doing that again <laughs> like let's figure out some other way we can make things on the fucking cheap because there's no way we're doing that and basically yeah i mean 30 years to get a princess dog yeah yeah, yeah. 
And but also the animation style after this film. This was the very last film that they did that was in the style that we had seen up to that point. If if that makes sense, it was cell anim. Well, I mean they're all cell animated up until Pixar right. and shit. But they uh, th- these were all the ones. From- oh, real quick for people who don't know, what is cell animated? Well, so and, and that's I I, I'm gonna I'll, I'll describe it while I'm describing this particular one. So, what happens with the cell animation is it's first of all there's backdrops like we were talking about that Evan Earl did. So you got all the backdrops, and like I said, those are immaculately beautiful. They're detailed, all that kind of shit. And this that goes for most Disney backdrops. They're all very beautiful. Um, but then you've got the cell animation, and what happens is, is they animate it on a piece of paper, like, well, actually, thousands and thousands of sheets of paper, uh, and if you ever watch somebody animating, like, you can see them kind of flipping their pages between yeah, the it's a it's a transparent piece of paper. Well, no, 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 they, yeah. they use real paper first. I'm describing the whole process, so they... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm yeah. sorry. So they, they use real paper whatever and you'll see them flipping it back and forth so they can see what they're animating kind of thing you can't see my hands moving on the podcast but i'm i'm trying to give you the the motion of what i'm what they do and almost like a flip book like if you've ever seen a flip book in fact uh, they sell of yeah. disney animator flip books like um you can get a little set of them and they're like you can flip it and they animate basically and they're from some of the famous ones but anyway and a lot of the famous animators from the disney uh you know, the original seven or whatever it was. Um, They worked on this. I mean, obviously they did, but uh, not the point. So anyway, so they, they draw everything out and it's kind of a rough sketch kind of thing. Then they have somebody go in and fine tune the sketch for each cell or each frame. And then those get transferred onto a piece of clear, uh, what is it? Plastic. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, what cell it actually thing. is is um, celluloid, which is where the I'm pretty sure that's where the term comes from. It's like just like any other piece of, like film you'd find in a camera, except it's like super flammable, flammable, and it's clear. Yes. Yes. So they get the clear like, things. They the place that over. They place that over the piece of paper that they the fine tuned piece of paper, and they'll yeah. trace it onto the cell. And this is where it's. Okay, so if, and I think it was all the way, like I said, from the get-go, from, well, Snow White anyway, from Snow White up until this film, they all did it with corresponding colors for the paint job. So, like, Aurora's hair is blonde, so her hair is going to be kind of a golden color, and then the outline of her hair is going to be like a straw color, you know, like a lighter color, and it'll do that for all of it so like you know the animation or the the outlines around her hands and arms and stuff like that those will be like i don't know whatever darker tannish color you know what i mean like there's so there's corresponding colors for the outline it's not yeah, just it's black. not necessarily your typical black outline it's yeah the, like, it's I the mean, outline it's, of if you a see like an shade. old mickey mouse cartoon or something like that it'll probably have just a black outline and colored in cells but with the fine future animations they would Mm. correspond the colors so that it looked prettier anyway so they do all that then they photograph it against the backdrop frame by frame 
with all those crazy cells of animation. And there you go. So this was the last one that they did in that style. So because of the production going on and on and on and on, and it took forever, and they had to clean up, like, you know, like, like I said, it was going to be projected onto these gigantic freaking screens where people could see every single thing. So the lines had to be perfect. The coloring had to be perfect. It all had to be literally perfect because somebody's going to see a flaw. Like if you ever see like an old Disney cartoon that you just would have seen on 35 millimeter somewhere, or whatever, like you'll see inconsistencies or like Scooby-Doo. Let's say Scooby-Doo. If you watch an old Scooby-Doo cartoon, uh, maybe not the Blu-rays because I have my issues with it. <laughs> They've definitely fixed some stuff, which I'm very mad about. But they, um, like, you'll see an inconsistency in even the brush strokes for each cell. So there's like a, do you know what I mean? Does that, does yes. that make sense? So you'll kind of see an inconsistency with that kind of thing. But with this, you couldn't do that. Like, it all had to be perfect. There's no brush strokes that you can see. There's no none of that shit. So anyway... So that, this was the last one that they did like that. It was certainly going to be the last gigantic motherfucking film like that. I mean, except for The Black Cauldron, but I don't know how they did that one. It's not my problem. We're not talking about that one. <laughs> I, I don't not think it looks as anyway. good, honestly. Honestly, I don't think it looks as good. I've seen it twice, and I don't really care for it. I don't think it's very good. I want you to know... I used to love The Black Cauldron. I don't know what it was about that movie. are like that. And I didn't see it until I was older. Like, it's not like we didn't own that one. When, I don't think it was released on VHS until I, much oh, later. Like, well, later I had it on me. VHS for a bit, but... And I don't think it ever came to Blu-ray. I don't think it's still to this day on Blu-ray. Now I'm um, curious. Now I need to watch it. Do you think I mean, it's on I would, I would definitely streaming? own it if it was. So, but I don't know if it's. I don't. I think it was on DVD. I think they finally did release it. But there's something weird about it. I think it's the only Disney animated feature that's not G. I think it's PG. I think. Which I don't understand why the Hunchback of Notre Dame wasn't PG-13 because it was horrifying and I mean murders left and fucking right. But whatever, not the point. Um, I hate that one. I do not own it. Uh, anyway, so, anyway, going back. So, like I said, after this, they had to simplify things and make things easier and more cost-efficient. So what they did was, all those rough sketches that the animators would do on the, the plain pieces of paper, and before it was fine-tuned, what Disney ended up doing was photocopying those onto the cells... Like, so it just had a black outline because it was just a photocopy. So, you know, if you went to a photocopy store and you photocopied your drawing that you did, that's exactly what it was. It was just photocopied onto a clear cell. They'd paint the back of it and then photograph it. So that's why if you see any of the films after that, up until probably The Little Mermaid, they were all done that way. So it has like a weird rough outline that is very noticeable. Like, 101 Dalmatians was the first one after this, and it was... You will you can see the, the style difference and how, basically, it's cutting corners. They're like, we're not doing all that shit again. We're just going to do this. Dude, even, even remembering 101 Dalmatians, because you know your memory is supposed to be better, even remembering it, I'm like, whew, 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think I don't like that very much. I mean, none of those, none of the ones they did in that style really are my favorites. I don't, I, I think they just look sloppy for the most part. And I know that's really a jackass way to look at things, but they really do. Like, they just don't look as nice as the older ones. Uh, because of that, I don't, I just don't think they look as nice. But, um, I mean, some of the content is fine, you know, whatever. Uh, oh, Mark Davis, by the way, who animated uh, Maleficent, did animate Cruella de Vil as well. Just for the record. Oh, and <clears throat> Eleanor Audley, uh, she had the first job she had with Disney was playing um, Lady Tremaine in Cinderella, which was our first episode. So you probably got to hear her in the background. Oh, we don't get to hear her voice in this one. Maybe I'll put a little audio clip of Maleficent so you can hear it. Oh, um, definitely. Uh, well, I should because it's just, it's Maleficent. At the opening, but, I want her <laughs> to open on us the same way she reveals Aurora's presumably dead body. Here's your precious I, I want Maleficent to announce my death at my funeral. I, I... Yes, please. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Her, her just rip her Here's cloak her over a casket princess. and then move out. Can you imagine? Oh, that'd be my so poor mother. <laughs> she, she'd say what she always says. She was so weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so anyway, so, uh, oh gosh, where was I? Um, oh, I was going over Eleanor Audley real quick because I, I love all of her voice cameos. So she was Lady Tremaine. Uh, she mm -hmm. ended up being the voice of, and I think I brought this up probably in Cinderella, but she also played the voice of, um, shoot what is her name in the haunted mansion i was just gonna say the haunted mansion is she not like the narrator or whoever no she's the witch in the uh in the globe in the she has a name i can't think of what it is did she narrate the ride no. maybe just in that room she was hmm. oh you know what i'm talking about she's the 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 head of Madam Yoda? Yes, there you go. Serpents and spiders, tail of a rat, call in the spirits wherever they're at. Rap on a table. It's time to respond. Send us a message from somewhere beyond. Goblins and ghoulies from last Halloween. Awaken the spirits with your tambourine. Creepies and crawlies, toads in a pond. Let there be music from regions beyond. Wizards and witches, wherever you dwell, give us a hint by ringing a bell. Uh, anyway, so, but she also did um, the voice of the. Um, what am I saying to you? In the what are you in the audio book version 
that came with like a, a picture book that you could buy back way back of um, records people records um when snow white came out she actually did play the evil stepmother on the audiobook slave in the magic mirror on the wall tell me who is the fairest one of all? Famed is thy beauty, majesty, but hold, a lovely maid I see. Alas, she is more fair than thee, and her name is Snow White. Snow White more beautiful than I? No one in the world can be more beautiful than I. Huntsman! Huntsman! Take Snow White into the forest and lose her there, so she will perish than I. I alone will be the fairest in the land. Yeah, I'm gonna have that. But, um, and she was also in a lot of radio dramas. I haven't actually seen her in a film, but I've seen a clip of her in a film, and it was fantastic, because she has the same voice. It's like, oh my god! And I was actually watching the commentary for this on Blu-ray, the second Blu-ray release, and, um, which is a different commentary. But on that one they, yeah obviously they um <laughs> the one guy talked about how he met her in the 80s and actually had dinner with her and he said that she's still like he, she the way her inflections and her voice were still there like she still sounded like that and i was like oh my god i would have died if I got to that's like that. uh dolly parton dolly parton still sounds oh, she still sounds exactly like dolly parton yeah 50 years ago it's crazy like they just did that yeah. special with her and she just is she can still sing the way she could sing it's crazy yeah it's, that's crazy because that doesn't have not aged they haven't that doesn't happen do you know what i mean like she must not smoke she must not be near any smoke she <laughs> every her morning hot water lemon Perfect. some honey like she's i bet she's got a routine she probably does i'm not joking because yeah. any any female artist when they get older you can hear it you in can voice. hear it like Annie it's Lennox, like they've been smoking. Like Annie Lennox, and you know Annie doesn't smoke, but I'm saying like, if you listen to her back in the Eurythmics and you listen to her last album, Nostalgia, like, dude, there's a huge difference. It's she's still amazing. Yeah. And but same with Nina Simone. Nina Simone definitely got a grovel, grovel, grovelier. I don't know how to Grovely? say that. Her like, voice is grov- just age. Like you can hear uh, it rest. in her older, or late, or late albums her late albums anyway so <laughs> sorry but uh eleanor oddly i don't know i don't know how her voice aged but apparently it aged well uh <laughs> according to yes. one person that one eyewitness account and actually she originally turned down the part <laughs> of eyewitness. maleficent <laughs> the one eyewitness that went to dinner with her. uh <laughs> She uh she originally turned down the part because she had uh, tuberculosis that she was dealing with, and she didn't think she could go into the recording process because it would have been too much on her vocals. And <laughs> the film took so freaking long to produce that eventually she's like, "Are you still making that?" Because <laughs> uh, I'm well now, <laughs> like I can do it now. Like that, literally, she she had enough time to get well and then was like, oh, sure, I'll do it. So thank God she ended up doing it because I can't imagine anybody else doing it. It would just be freaking weird. It would. Yeah. It would just be weird. That's like Pat Carroll not being Ursula. Like, it just wouldn't work with somebody else. Um. So anyway, so, and Pat, oh, Pat Carroll, just side note, uh, the woman that does the voice of Ursula, she was in an episode of Designing Women. 
and it's fantastic. Cause I'm like, oh my god, that's the voice of Ursula. And my favorite show ever. So, uh, so anyway, so back to Maleficent and Sleeping Beauty. Okay. Uh, da -da 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 -da. We might be done with her. Yeah, no. Oh, I wanted to say, uh, so when this was all being produced, um, Walt Disney was working on the first theme park, Disneyland, in in California. California. And Sleeping Beauty's castle is the castle in that park. And originally, it was a walkthrough experience. Like you, in fact, I remember it still has it technically. Uh, but they had to change some of it, I think, and then some of it was closed off for years and years and years and years and years. But um, I believe they restored it completely to its original version uh, not too long ago. But anyway, so you'd walk through the castle and they'd have, like, basically, you'd go through the story. And it was funny because there's one section where you have to walk down some stairs. And originally, that's when you first encounter Maleficent. And she'd turn up like like lightning and shit, and then like there's this big shadow of her on the wall. And Would they people had, get hurt? No, no, no. They kept <laughs> they having problems because people didn't want to go around the corner <laughs> <laughs> because they were terrified by Maleficent. <laughs> so, so people would just get stuck there, and then it would back the whole thing up, and they so they eventually had to take that out because they were like, we have to let people keep walking through here. So they had to take out the scary Maleficent part. Uh, I mean, she's still in there somewhere, but she they had to take that specific moment out because it kept backing the, the walkthrough. What a bummer. Isn't that funny? Oh, I love that. Yeah. But <laughs> Maleficent's so terrifying. I love it. Uh, Did I tell you that I went to um, Hollow Scream, Halloween Horror Nights, uh, for the first time? My dad used to torture us as children he would tell us scary stories he would always like jump out of corners or whatever halloween's his favorite holiday it was like a whole it was a whole thing and, and this past year we went to um halloween horror nights together as a family well me him and my little sister i've got many more i've got two other brothers that experienced this torture <laughs> with us um <laughs> but they were not present so we went, and none of us, like, really jumped, and it seemed disappointing to the people who were, like, jumping out at us, but something we incurred a lot was bumping into the people in front of us, because, like, we weren't <laughs> stopping, and so we were like, oh, oh, sorry, 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 no, you can just, like, you can just, if you just go, it, it'll just, like, you know, it'll just keep it'll just keep going if you just go like they won't they don't chase you like just go <laughs> like, oh that's hysterical so we, we incurred the opposite of that where we just kept going see that's long, like me, too much me but we were bumping into people because yeah, yeah, they were yeah. too spooked to go around these corners yeah yeah i i i'm this i'm i'm not one of those people i'm one of the people that would be like you like i was just like in any kind of situation like that because i know it's fake do you know what I mean? Like, I know it's purposely yeah. there to try to scare me. So I'm, I'm never, I'm just like breezing through it. Like, oh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> scary. Ooh, yeah. scary. Like, like it's dude, just... we went through the Ghostbusters one and like, I remember being in front and turning back to my dad and being like, look at that Zool puppet. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, just like super pumped awesome, about yeah. the design of the, <laughs> the thing. Puppet. And people were like, can you like go? <laughs> That's awesome. So, 
<laughs> oh, but but yeah. So Sleeping Beauty's um, her castle, and I think that was part of his. Um, like I think he he had so much faith in the project itself that he knew. Like he thought people would just be clamoring to go to Sleeping Beauty's castle, and then of course it didn't make as much money as they hoped. So <laughs> maybe if um, he did Sleeping Beauty's like peasant house. Do you know what's with funny? With a magical think, bop and broom. Oh, there you go. When she, uh, or when he was working on, what was it, Fantasia that almost killed the studio, too. Um, yeah. It's always the projects that he's the most interested in doing that end up almost tanking the, the studio. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, it just sounds those, like he's and, got chronic artist syndrome. Well, I think... Where, like, uh, it's kind of amazing because the ones that he did this with are the ones that I personally think are the most spectacular. I think that goes across the board. I You're think also a chronic artist. I am. But I think a lot of other artists, like a, a lot of the people that end up animating later for Disney Studios, not Disney himself, but, you know, they all cite these as being their favorites because they are. They're spectacular. Like, if you see the animation in Fantasia, you know exactly why he wanted to do it because he's like... He knew that these people were capable of producing something that was so spectacular with the yeah. animated art form that he pushed them to do it and they did it and it's like, whoa, but then everybody else is like, you really want us to go see this movie where a bunch of animation is happening to a bunch of songs that we don't care about? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you want, and I personally love it. Like when I went, I remember when, and I probably talked about this before, but when the first trailer for The Lion King came out, I was goosebumped. I was like, oh my God, I can't wait. This is going to be the most amazing thing in the world. And then we went and saw it. Right. And it was a big event. We were so excited. We went and saw it and the animals started singing and talking and shit. And I was like, what? I literally thought it was going to be like Fantasia, where it was going to be a beautiful animated story, like almost like planet Earth, but like with just you know, music and beautiful animation. I had no idea that it was going to be <laughs> with talking animals the whole time, and I was pissed. I was like, God damn yeah, it. Yeah, with CGI ellipse. Oh, God, it was awful. No, 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 I'm talking about the the original. The oh, animated okay. one. Not the, not the new one. I did not pay money to see that. And in fact, when I... <laughs> I put it on... I put it on because I have Disney+, Plus, and they finally put it on there a while ago. And it's still stuck at the same spot. It's like I maybe got maybe three minutes into it and turned it off. I was like, no, this is fucking dumb. Uh, right on. I mean, I didn't like the original story to begin with. In fact, to this day, I couldn't tell you how that movie ends because I've seen it many times and I, it's so forgetful. I'm like, who cares? Like by the middle of that movie, I am so bored and have no interest. None at the all. The animated one, or the animated one, yeah. I just don't like it. Uh, I, I... Spoiler: He can't wait. He becomes king later. So, <laughs> well, that's the other thing. Like, dude, you're singing a song about how you can't wait to be king, and, and then your daddy's dead, like literally the next day. And like, well, you just sang a song about it, so you should be excited. But <laughs> you got what you wanted, you little bastard. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't like it. I do like, I like you're, the music. You're right. That song was shortly after his father's death. No, no, no it was no, before. No, short, shortly before. Sorry. Yeah. Like, he, they did that, and then his dad went and got smooshed. Which, again, just awful, just terrible shit. 
I, I don't like it. I, I like it up until Can You Feel the Love Tonight, and then after that, I, don't, I really don't care. And that's mostly because I do like the some of the music for that. I think it's pretty good. But uh, Is it that you prefer Jonathan Taylor Thomas as Simba versus the other person? I mean, I couldn't I even can't tell you who the other person. person is. I don't know. I really don't care. I just don't I know care. JTV was their younger mm-hmm. voice. No, I, do, I, I remember that. Home Improvement. <laughs> yes, look yeah. at you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't like that one. But anyway, that's that's not what we're talking about today. Even though I got brought up, but uh, even those animators, though, the you, people, the people you that, brought it up. I know it. I know. <laughs> I don't remember why, but but I do know that those animators, uh, a lot of their inspiration was this film. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, because this one's the most beautiful. Uh, also. When this one, uh, when they first, because for the longest time they didn't want to release um, Blu-rays because it's too good. <laughs> like you're seeing right. the films way too well. <laughs> like we want you to go to a theater right. and see that, it that way. That's the problem. No, seriously, like the clarity was just too much. They were like, oh, that's like, do you know what I mean? Like you can rip these off better and blah, blah, blah. Although they do make it very difficult. Like I don't know if you've yeah. ever ha- tried to rip a Disney film from a, a disc, they code these things so freaking weird that it doesn't work. Like, whoever ends uh, up bootlegging these things, they do a great job because I don't know how the frick they do it. It's crazy. They do it on um, movie screens, too. <clears throat> so when you go to, like, a traditional movie theater, if you record it just, like, via, like, a handheld camera, mm-hmm. um a lot of times i'm not saying it's like perfect i'm not saying it's all of them but i will say that uh the screen has like a code on it the screen that it's projecting on um is supposed to have a code so that when a person uploads the video they can decode the image and figure out what screen what cinema chain and like where it's located wow it's like like That's you know how nuts. like when you like see like those like those bootlegs of like screeners and it says like is a wine scene production or property of universal Ooh, or like bad whatever choice, bad choice you know yes. <laughs> yeah so like it's kind of like that except like below the image so that like the people don't see it interesting oh that's fascinating yeah. i love that Ooh, getting busted yeah, so that's how they. That's like a way for them to track down bootleggers. Yeah, they do with the with the video coding on the discs. It's like uh, I don't. I really don't know how to explain it. But I, <laughs> I used to have a ripping program, which is terrible. We shouldn't talk about it. But I did have one, and I would rent. I movies. I had a I had a ripping program too to transfer all my hard copies of movies to digital so that I, I could just is, like I, I was about store to say them. this is basically exactly yeah. what I did like I, I mostly so I could sell them because I needed money and I was like but I really want to keep these so I would rip them and put them onto all these data discs and save them I mean that's how I have tons of films somewhere <laughs> in my belongings on a bunch of data discs not the point so but I'd also rent them discs from Netflix of really weird movies that I couldn't get a hold of <laughs> that you could rent the discs of and I would rip those. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I was excited. But Disney films are like, uh, they're crazy. They're coded weird. 
Not the point. So, but when they finally did decide to do Blu-rays, this was their very first Blu-ray. And it was specifically because this is the most detailed and most beautiful Disney film of all. Thank you very much. So, um, so yeah. And it looks amazing. Well, actually, I will say the original Blu-ray for this uh, had issues. And I, I just maybe am the only person that noticed it or something. But all the red in the original Blu-ray release of this film, all the red bleeds weird. So you can never get it to look right. Even if you fix your settings, the red is always bleeding into the other colors. Uh, and I was, I was like, when the second Blu-ray came out, I wasn't going to buy it. Cause I was like, well, I already own it on Blu-ray. And then I was like, Ooh, maybe I should. So I did. And they actually fixed it. So yay. That's a nerdy thing. So... <laughs> I was going Perfect. to talk about... Oh, yeah, so Disney said specifically, he's like, I want a moving illustration, the ultimate in animation, and that's what they gave him. Um, let's talk about the sound for a minute. So this was also the first feature... I don't think it was the first feature in general, but it was definitely the first Disney feature to be recorded in stereo. Uh, so it was a huge deal. And they had to go to a specific location to record the whole thing. And, of course, the score for the film is a Tchaikovsky, an adaptation of Tchaikovsky's Sleeping Beauty. So, which, if you've ever heard the original uh, Tchaikovsky's ballet or whatever, it's, um, it's weird because, like, <laughs> the way that they adapt, excuse me, the way that they adapted the music, um, it's not in chronological order from the ballet. Does that make sense? It's not like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, <laughs> like entrance music for a party or something is the theme that they use for Maleficent. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it, 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 yeah, it's like all over the place, but, uh, and, yeah, but, and for people who don't know, Tchaikovsky is the same dude who did, um, not Nutcracker, Swan Lake. Swan Lake. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or yeah. is it Swan Lake? Yeah, it's Swan Lake. That's the name of it, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, which is beautiful. I, I really do love that one. But it's hard for me to listen to Tchaikovsky's Sleeping Beauty because, because of the fact that it was adapted for this. And the adaption was so beautiful that it's kind of like... It, like, all the music is in the wrong spot, basically. I'm like, what? No, this shouldn't be here. That's, what? No, this isn't dinner? <laughs> no! <laughs> this isn't the ball! <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, it's just, it, it's all messed up to me. But, um, it's beautiful. They, they, just, they just pick their favorites and put it well, wherever. They, well, the thing is, is, like, the, 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 the cues that they used for the uh, Disney version it works beautifully. Like, it, I mean, if you, I mean, it's, listen to it it's beautiful like they picked the right cues for sure for what they were animating but but it it just it's weird when you compare it to what it was adapted from it's like how did you think that that would work and then it did you know what i mean like it's weird i mean yeah. that's, that's their job that's why they do it <laughs> i don't i don't do that job clearly i'm sitting here doing a podcast so <laughs> about those people so um Anyway, so 
uh, oh yeah, so stereo sound, and then the sound effects in general was a big deal for this movie. Uh, they tried to do a lot of different stuff that they hadn't done before, so they wanted more naturalistic kind of sounding things and crazy sound, you know, like, just everything had to be different. Whatever it was, they had to do it differently. And, um, so that's why the sound in this is just spectacular to begin with, and of course Eleanor and all that kind of shit. But, like, or let's... Like, when she first appears, like, when Maleficent first appears, and the audio of the room itself is very noticeable, if that makes sense. Like, you can tell she's in a large hall. And, like, even when her cane, like, cracks on the the stone floor, it's just... Ooh, it's just so good. Ooh, so good. But for the sound effect of when she turns into a dragon... Ooh, spoiler, she turns into a dragon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Shot. Which, oh, that's another thing we didn't bring up. Like, hello? She turns into a dragon. Like, we have to get to that. So, <laughs> but anyway, when she turns into a dragon, uh, the sound of her um, breathing fire is flamethrower. Like, that they recorded in the, the studio, like, on the back lot or whatever. They were like, they wanted to get some kind of naturalistic sound or, like, something that would make sense, and they used a flamethrower. And I was like, that's so smart! And you can hear it, like, when you hear it. I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, this yeah. was also one that they used... I mean, they did this with a lot of them, but they used live-action reference. So they actually did film, like, Eleanor Audley, like, doing Maleficent and stuff like that. Or the prince fighting something that wasn't there. <laughs> like, whapping his sword at something. And turns out it was the jaws <laughs> of Maleficent's dragon. Uh, and that's the other thing, like, spectacular. Like, because this film is... Not 2.35 to 1, it's like 2 point, or, what is it, 2.5 or something? It, it's really, really wide. And it's technically wider than most films had been up to that point, too. So they were using yeah. the sides of the screen that hadn't been used yeah, before. They were going big. They were doing it big. They were... Yeah, do, in, do a in big every go way home. they were going big. Yeah, they were doing it as crazy and crazy and crazy and expensive as they possibly could. Um, which is why, like I said, this was so expensive and it took so long. Because they, they were doing all of this to make sure that this was going to be this massively crazy theatrical event that you wanted to go to. Which it, I mean, technically in the long run it was. Certainly would have been for me if I had been there. Mm. Um, and I'll also, because uh, I've definitely brought this up before, but m one of the first uh, films that I remember going to as a young, young child was a double feature of uh, Sleeping Beauty and Tron. And for the longest oh, wow. time, it was very strange. I mean, that, that, that right there is like John. In a nutshell, it's like, yeah. If you want to know anything about me, just watch that double feature. Uh, but it, for the longest time, I kept thinking like that's a really weird thing to do. But I think most of it was them trying to sell Tron because it wasn't doing well, and they were like, "Well, let's tag it on with another film that we know people will go see." And of course, everybody wants to go to the theater to see Slim Beauty, especially all the moms and the the kids. Uh, and then they're stuck in there for Tron. In fact, my mom hated being stuck there for Tron. She did not like it. But uh, <laughs> it occurred to me later, those are both 70 millimeter films. So, duh, that would be the choice to pair with it because it would make sense. Duh. Anyway, so, um, 
Where was I? Go ahead. I don't remember where I was. Were you talking Maleficent about? turned into oh, the dragon. Maleficent turned into the dragon. So, <laughs> so another thing about her, Eleanor Audley, Maleficent, the dragon, and all, like, all the whole thing. Her dialogue is beautifully written. Like, whoever got to write that dialogue. Like, everybody else's dialogue is just run-of-the-mill, like, blah, 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 blah. But hers is spectacular. Every time she talks, it's like you want to hear what she's saying. Like, I don't, I don't know who did that, yeah. but whoever wrote that is a genius. Because, and a lot of the time, she does it in verse. So it rhymes. Um, but <laughs> one yeah. of my favorite things ever is right when she's about to turn into a dragon. Because she's getting pissed. Because... Like, okay, so first of all, she cursed the girl, and then years and years later, she can't find her because the fairies have taken her into hiding. So she's frustrated as fuck. She's like, God damn it. What? Where is she? Y'all, you, her minions haven't found her in 16 years, and she's getting real pissed. And then, <laughs> and then, oh, it's so good. Then she realizes that they've been searching for a baby for 16 years. <laughs> yeah, that's the best part. Like, it is. Yeah, we searched so, every cradle. Every cradle. Cradle. And the way she says cradle, it's so good. And cradle. then she verifies it. She's like, cradle? And they're like, yeah, every cradle. And they like do like the motion to like show that there's like no doubt that they've searched all cradles. And she talks to her, her bird Diablo. She's so mad. She's, she's like, like, it's been 16 years. She's no longer in a cradle. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible! Sixteen years, and not a trace of her. She couldn't have vanished into thin air. Are you sure you searched everywhere? Yep, yep, uh, everywhere. We all did. <laughs> and what about the town? The forests, the mountains. Yeah, we search mountains, uh, uh, forests, and uh, houses, and uh, let me see, uh, in all the cradles. Cradle. Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> Every cradle. Cradle. Did you hear that, my pet? All these years, they've been looking for a baby. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Idiots! Imbeciles! <laughs> Could you imagine? I would be infuriated. Oh, I geez. would terminate the entire team. I'd well, be and, like, d- you I know mean, what, you, guys? It's not working. It's one of the best moments is when she gets fucking pissed and she starts blasting those bitches with her her crazy power You gotta shit. do what you gotta do, man. And they're flying all over the place. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> like her rage. And then my favorite thing ever. It's one of my favorite moments in the history of cinema is when she's done, like, doing all her lightning bolt shit at her minions because they're fucking idiots for looking for a child for 16 years, an infant baby. And (laughs) when she's done, like, she's uh, talking to her sidekick, Bird, Raven, and she's... Uh, Diablo, Diablo. right? Yeah, and she's so she's sitting down in her 
beautiful throne, which is stone, mm-hmm. and she says, "What is she? she? They're disgraced to the forces of the evil." Oh, they're hopeless. A disgrace to the forces of evil. My pet, you are my last hope. Circle far and wide. Search for a maid of 16 with hair of sunshine gold and lips red as the rose. Go and do not fail me. Like, she's so, she's just so, like, exhausted by their stupidity. Like, it's, <laughs> it is the best thing ever. I, mean, I swear to God, this woman is a drag queen way before drag queens were ever even thought of. And I, swear to God. <laughs> I mean, well, drag queens in the way that That's we think of them. Perfect. In fact, yes. I'm pretty sure that, like, the invention of the drag queens that we all follow and love nowadays are from Disney villains. Started, like, yeah. Started with the <laughs> It goes hand in hand. And in fact, uh, mm-hmm. Ursula was designed after Divine from the John Waters films. So, hello. Oh. Yeah. Makes sense. So technically, Ursula is a drag queen. Uh, <laughs> so... Maleficent. So anyway, then later when she turns into the dragon, right before she turns, well, because okay, let's go back. Let's go back to the story because we kind of skimmed over some of Maleficent's good moments. So she gets mad about that. She doesn't whatever. Uh, then her raven, she finds she's like, go and Diablo. Diablo. All right, he has a name. I know he has a name. I was pissed when they changed it in the live action. I was like, why did you change his name? And the name that they chose in the live action made no sense. I got. Was I don't it like remember it was. Steve? Yeah, it was something like that. It was like, what? What? <laughs> Why would you just not have him? Yeah, maybe Diablo? he had it. Yeah, earned his. Well, and that's the Diablo other thing. Flora, what is it? Flora, Fauna, and Merryweather. They changed one of those names too. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was Flora and Fauna, and then something else. And I was like, what? Oh. Why would you rename? The three fairies. Like, it made no sense to me. Whatever. Also, Mary, Meriwether is the most popular, for Mary sure. Meriwether's fa- I love Meriwether. She's one of my favorite. Right. Oh, her voice, uh, that was the voice of Lady from Lady and the Dream. Same actress. Oh, right on. Uh, which is why she's so lovable and wonderful. Uh, so, anyway, so, uh, so, okay, so... <laughs> She sends out her raven, Diablo, to go find the girl because her minions are obviously worthless at this point. She's like, go and find her for me. So he goes out, he's flying around, and that's when the the fairies were going to use magic for the first time. Arguing over pink or blue. And they're arguing over, yeah, pink or blue for the dress. And their magic is flying out of the chimney because they they covered up all the windows, all the nooks and crannies, but they didn't think about that damn fireplace. And yeah. so it was going out the thing. Diablo finds it, and the, uh, they leave for the castle. And Maleficent snags Prince Philip because he was going to show up there and have dinner with uh, Aurora. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Since she just met him in the woods randomly, and uh, I mean, yeah, it's a whole thing. But, but he knew her. Uh, he was in her dreams. So oh, of course, it all tracks. Once upon a yeah. Time. Well, and I do love Once Upon a Dream. It's one of my favorite things ever. I love it so much. But <laughs> not the point. So, uh, so Maleficent snags him, brings him back, and then, uh, you know, 
what happens next? So the fairies go back to the castle, and Maleficent's like, "Oh, bitch, you ain't you get you ain't getting away with this shit now." So they, she's distraught because she's the princess, and she's all freaking out. She starts crying. The fairies give her a moment alone. Bad idea, bitches. Y'all sat there for sixteen years watching this girl. Yeah, and you full leave well. her alone before. Like before sundown which hello the whole prophecy like you stay with that bitch i don't care if she's crying fuck her fuck her tears you need to stick yeah, with that also, bitch you could have brought her out of hiding 16 years and a day exactly honestly you could have celebrated day. a day later happy belated birthday oh you're a princess do you know what i mean like yeah here's totally, here's Prince up totally in fact you could have just lied about the guy. day you could have lied about the day yeah, you could have told too. her the whole time that her day of birthday was a day later than it actually was, and boom, there you go, all solved. Not well. not only that, even if they did mess up, like who's got control of the calendar? Like it's like the, she's Aurora only has one source of information, and that source is the three fairies. Mm -hmm. If they had a calendar on the wall, they could just be like, it was a leap year. You know, like, they could have just, like, messed with something, mm -hmm. added an extra day, took out a day, like, fact, whatever. They should have you know waited what I mean? until like, she was, like, what, 18? Because that would be more logical. You know, it's gross, a 16-year-old being thrown off into a marriage. Anyway, whatever, not the point. So, I mean, they did live less, or uh, shorter lives back then. It's yeah, they died at 22, John. Oh, jeez, at least can you imagine. Anyway. I know, I'm, I would be ancient. <laughs> old, old man. So anyway, so, um, oh, so Maleficent. <laughs> You're like, I would seduce that prince so hard because he is hot. This is my favorite prince, by the way. We've talked about this. He's my favorite prince. Yes, He's so hot. So, um, Anyway, uh, <laughs> so Maleficent uh, finds her in the castle, gets to her room, whatever, poofs away the fireplace. And this, this all, by the way, is some of my favorite animation because I still to this day don't know how they do this. They change the color of the backdrop somehow. And like as uh, Maleficent's green flame is luring her up the stairs, like... It's lighting the whole hall. It's amazing. The animation is absolutely spectacular. Oh, yes. Like, I, I don't know how they do that, but they did it, and it's amazing, and it's a miracle, whatever. It's probably literally magic. I don't know. Because yeah. <laughs> they didn't have computers back then, kids. Like, if you watch this, to the, literally, to this day, it's 2020. If you put this in and watch it, and knowing that they did not have computers for this, it's like, how did they do that? I still don't know. I mean, a yeah, Ponyo... that, that's actually a really good um, thought project is to like watch this movie and remind yourself that they weren't using computers yeah. when they made it. Because it was made in 1959. Well, that's when it released. Yeah. I mean, that's or, insane Yeah. Me. Yeah. It was being produced for six years before that. Well, I mean, obviously it took a long time. So, you know, care and consideration. Yeah. But, with good reason. Yeah. With, yeah. With good reason. Um, it's kind of like watching 2001 A Space Odyssey, which is 10 years after this, and knowing that that had no computers. Like, 
It's mind-boggling. Like, you watch Star Wars, and you're like, well, you know, George Lucas had motion control cameras. He had green screens. He had, you know what I mean? Like, he had technologies yeah. that they don't have there that Stanley didn't have. Like, there was no motion control camera. That wasn't a thing. You had to move that camera by yourself with your hands. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's in, it's incredible to me that he was able to do any of that. And that's the same with this one. It's like, how did you do that? I don't know. I still don't know. I'm telling you I don't. I wish I wish somebody would tell me. I've literally it's, I bring it up all the time because I'm hoping patience. somebody will tell me. <laughs> but uh anyway, so they beautiful animation. Lures her up to the thing, pricks her fucking finger, she falls down, the crown comes off her head, it's all a big dramatic thing. And that's well, yeah. your favorite reveal, which is also, you know, here's your precious princess, and reveals it. <laughs> it's amazing. It's perfect. She flips out, goes away, and then, uh, uh, oh, and uh, the sun goes down, it gets announced, it's now officially her birthday, woo! And <laughs> they have a big fanfare, and fireworks, now I want to bring up the fireworks, because it does the same thing to the backdrop. The colors on the castle are reflected from the fireworks. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's like, how did you do that? I want to know. I want to know if somebody out there knows. Could you please, just a lot of time? Please tell me, because it's in, it's incredible. How do they do that? Uh, and like I said, this is before computers. The first computer animated sequence in one of the Disney films was uh, actually technically it was in. Uh, the little mermaid but it was not not what you think but the big cool scene that we've seen you know obviously many many times was the ballroom scene in beauty and the beast which was yeah absolutely stunning but <laughs> but that was one of the first times but they did use some computer generated animation for um it was the cart that they ride in uh, when you know when they're having their day out, and it, yes. whatever we can bring that up when we do uh, that movie, Little Mermaid. So, um, not the point. No computers. No computers. All done by hand. All done by yes. Yeah. yeah so, no. So we get homegirl. Homegirl be dead oh yeah, so she's, or sleeping. She, she's sleeping. And the that, fairies panic mm -hmm. and cast a full on slumber. Yeah. On the, on the rest of the town. <laughs> So they're like, yo, if this bitch gonna be asleep, y'all's gonna be asleep. And remember that original story, she was asleep for a hundred years. That's a long Yeah, they time. were, like, the fairies were like, no, 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 nobody can know. Well, make it, make it, make everyone else asleep. Like, shh, shh, Make them all sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so she puts everybody to sleep. And that's kind of, I mean, the whole thing is very clever. Like, all the, the story details of, uh, this is another one of those things that I love about this specific film is that all the story elements really work well together does that make sense i don't have it like yeah. prince philip finding her in the woods or happening upon her them falling in love well, not knowing who well, each other were you know what i mean like she just thought he was some peasant and he thought the same thing it wasn't like he knew who she was right. and then for aurora to come home and be like oh my god i met this guy and like, what? You met a stranger? How dare you meet a stranger? And she's like, no, I've met him before in my dreams, once upon a dream. And she does the whole song. 
and you know, doo, 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 and they're like, that song oh, comes up like five, six times. Well, but it's important because then later, and remember, it's the only song. She, well, yeah, she uh, sang that little tune, tune. Then they go, you know, as they're putting everybody to sleep, because uh, Prince Philip had come home in the meantime, by the way. Before he was gonna go get, he was gonna get, go home, get dressed, and go back to the cottage, and that's when he got picked up by Maleficent. But when he came home, he's like, "Dad, you're not gonna believe this. I met this girl in the woods. She's so cute. She's so fine. I'm gonna marry that bitch." And he's like, like "Oh you're fuck betrothed. no, fuck no, you you's already betrothed." He's like, "I don't give a shit. It's the what? What did he say? It's the 15th century or something like that." Yeah, and then his dad's like, oh, now I gotta tell this to my peer. Anyway, but he says that he met her once upon a dream. So he mentions that to his dad. So then when they're putting everybody to sleep, the dad, the prince of the dad, is, or the king of the dad is like, oh, wait a minute, what am I saying? No, that's not right. (laughs) The prince's dad, Philip's dad, is about to tell Aurora's dad, yo, my son fell in love with some other girl. We gonna have some issues, and right. Was, but like earlier, Aurora's dad was like, "My, what did he? What did he tell him? Like, she might not be here. She might not come around." And he's like, "You made a promise." And his dad's well, like, he also "Well, like, like she might not find it here. shocking." He's like, "You find my prince Philip a shock." <laughs> Which, no, no. I'm sorry if I was if I was. If I was that girl, and I wish I was, like, because I'd also be friends with Maleficent afterwards, by the way, too. I'd be like, y'all, I know y'all did that. You you wanted me to prick my finger and everything, but you are amazing. You're my best friend, and I'm going to marry this prince. (laughs) Be right back. So, because he's hot. (laughs) Um, Oh, originally, uh, um, Aurora was designed after Audrey Hepburn, by the way, for the reference. Um, They obviously changed that but that was the original reference uh but the poise is there it is it is she's very elegant um also uh mary costa does her voice we didn't bring that up and she's a brilliant singer she does her singing voice and her dialogue voice which is very rare for a disney princess i mean she only had like 18 lines but yes and the guy that they got to do prince philip which i don't remember his name i am so sorry dude but uh, he was actually a very well-known pop singer at the time. So that's why he was in there. Uh, anyway, so um, so then, so anyway, so then the, the fairies over here, the dad telling the dad, and he's like, once upon a dream, and then once upon a dream, oh my God, Prince Philip. So they go back to the... <laughs> they realize what's going down. They're like, oh shit, so her true love is actually the guy she's supposed to marry. This is so convenient. So let's run back to that cottage, right. grab that bitch, bring him back here, have her kiss, kiss, kiss. Everything's going to be good. So they go back to the cottage. They're like, oh, shit, Maleficent's been here. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> so they go off to her lair. What do they call it? Her lair? Doom. Mount Doom or something. They call it something fantastic. Anyway, something whatever. Something clever. That we something beautiful up. that's amazing. <laughs> Because it's Maleficent, of course. Because um, she has to have a lair, of course. Amazing, rotting castle on the top of some scary-ass mountain with her storms above. Yes. Which, by the way, the storms had been raging yes. over her lair for 16 years because she was pissed that she couldn't find Aurora. 
which they mention that in the little audio, the little narration. So anyway, so she gets all, you know, whatever. So she's, uh, you know, and she goes down and talks to Prince Philip while they're all having a party because they're so excited that, like, she finally pricked that fucking finger. She's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> now we can all part. Yeah, hey. we can have spinning wheels on property I mean, again. It, it's it's going to be great. Nuts. nuts. This is a rage. Y'all have fun. I'm going to go down and see this prince. So she goes down to see the prince. She's like telling him what's going to happen. Like, you know, you're going to be asleep for a hundred years. And then you're going to go out and on your brave steed and all this kind of shit. And... <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. The whole monologue is brilliant. So uh, she tells him all that stuff, and then she's like, "Okay, good night." And <laughs> she runs off. The fairies show up. They, you know, get the prince out of jail. Uh, they run back to the palace or to the castle or whatever. Uh, and all kinds of shit's going on because now everybody's alerted. Oh my god, the prince is loose, and you know, and then her bird gets the turned into stone. Is loose. It's <laughs> It's literally nuts. Just things are happening left and right. It's action-packed. It's amazing. This sequence is fantastic. The whole thing is crazy. So, yeah. Maleficent's getting pissed because her bird was turned into stone by Meriwether. She She's trying to do all this shit. They keep fucking it up, these fucking fairies. And she's just getting pissed. So then she starts... She does a beautiful... Another speech where she has rhyming dialogue. And, you know, like, I can't remember the whole thing, but, like... A, uh, forest of thorns or uh, something around Seven's castle whatever anyway she she says an amazing thing that I can't remember and <laughs> exact I can't remember exact words the forest of thorns shall be his tomb born through the skies on a fog of doom now go with a curse and serve me well round Stephen's castle cast my spell So she casts a Perfect. spell to have all the uh, thorny, uh, what is it, briar, I guess, to pop up around the <laughs> castle as a barrier to keep this out. Which this was, this is another thing that I was talking about, like the cleverness of how they came up with doing all these things. Because in the original story, that did happen, but it happened over the hundred years that all these right. crazy uh, things bushes and stuff grew around the castle to the point where the there was all kinds of uh suitors that were trying to get into the kingdom to kiss her or whatever that were stuck in all the things and died it's fantastic i really i would love to make a film version of this someday it's a little closer to the original but still have a dragon so (laughs) (laughs) so anyway so she gets pissed she she gets in front of him and she's like, and this is my favorite thing ever. She says, uh, now you'll have to deal with me, oh prince, and all the powers of hell. And then she turns into a dragon. It's amazing. It is one of the most beautiful transitions in animation history. It is so cool. No, it cannot be. Now shall you deal with me, O Prince, and all the powers of hell!
So she turns into this big ass dragon and she is just breathing fire everywhere. Green fires flaming up on all her briar. I mean, she was smart to put it there because she's like, now I'm gonna catch all this shit on fire. You're gonna have to try to get to me through fire, all this shit, it's gonna be crazy. So he does, he gets through, he whipping, snapping, getting all the shit going on. <clears throat> and then, um, uh, you know, with the stupid fucking fairy's help, you know, the sword plunges into poor old Maleficent's dragon. And she falls down the cliff. Ugh. Now, I would love to point out that the reveal of the sword is in a piece of fabric. Maleficent is not there. There is no dead body. So, just saying. She's not dead. In my version of events, Maleficent is not dead. And that's how I prefer to uh, perceive things. So <laughs> she's just wounded, obviously, especially her ego, because she thought she was going to win with this prince. But, you know, stupid prince had stupid fairies and blah, blah, blah. Now, granted, I love the prince. I love Sleeping Beauty. I love all the people. But I'm just saying. Yeah. You ruined Maleficent's day. She was trying to get her damn thing done. Y'all fucked it up. Bitches. So, anyway. So he goes and kisses her, it's all beautiful, whatever, and then the dress turns in the closet and the story's in. <laughs> Actually Alright, how many toes? <laughs> how many toes? This is ooh. I, I told you before, like Barry Lyndon is ten for me. This is so close to ten. It might actually be ten. This might be two feet on the ground. Oh wow. Cause two I, I just feet. I, I love it. It's one of those where like, I would say my top three movies to watch of all time, Barry Lyndon, Thoroughly Modern Millie, and Sleeping Beauty. And I would say that Sleeping Beauty is the easiest because it's the shortest out of those three. It is. Yes, so it is. It is very significantly easy to, shorter. Yeah. Like, every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, we're already there. Like, <laughs> she's already a dragon. Like, it, it happens yeah. very quickly. This, this is a movie that when I watched it this morning, I was like, oh, you know, I understand spinoffs now. Mm -hmm. Like, like I understood like spinoffs, like sort of before, but like when I watched this movie, I wanted to know more about Maleficent. I wanted to know more about like her world, her purpose, her origin. I wanted to know more about the fairies beforehand but like, like, just it was just like it was. It wasn't even ninety minutes, was it? It, was, it had to have been under. It's, it had to have been like at the cusp, hold on. and, and it was it. just so. It was just so short. <laughs> oh, look at that little Blu-ray. <laughs> but it was just so short that like they didn't put a lot of Maleficent in there. They put even less Aurora, and oh, I was yeah. like, oh, I could, minutes. I could take a spinoff. What was it? 77? 75. 75. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Hour and 15 yeah, that's, minutes. That's, that's yes. crazy. It's so short. Well, you yeah. also have to think about the fact that, like I said, they're trying to make money. So, 
they couldn't be too long because they had to be able to rewind the film quickly and show it again as many times as possible to so have as many showings to get ticket sales. Uh, which is yeah, why, that's also a huge factor. Yeah, back then, like, and I was going to bring this up earlier, and I totally got sidetracked. But with Fantasia, when they were tanking on Fantasia, Dumbo came out right afterwards, and it's specifically the shortest Disney film. It's not even an hour. Well, I think it's technically an hour with credits and bullshit, but it is under an hour. So. It is the shortest of all Disney features, and it's on purpose the shortest because they wanted to make sure they could get as many people in there buying tickets to go see this short-ass movie that they knew families would love because, you know, it's family-friendly and all that kind of shit. And it had, it had all the shit that the families wanted to see. It wasn't Fantasia for yeah. two hours, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, imagine, imagine cinemas like in the 50s and 60s. And, like, you don't really have, like, a lot of 20-plexes back then. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You don't have auditor or no, theaters have that like have multiple prints of yeah. the same movie. Some of them are one-plex, two-plex. And one-plex meaning one screen playing whatever movies you can on it. Yeah. Or two-plex being two screens or yeah. whatever. And I think uh, back then it probably would have been more... Like, like Tampa Theater here is one screen yeah that's exactly what you would have had you wouldn't have had like we have like you go to a mall or something and there's like 15 screens or something like that's not a thing that would they yeah. would have had back then you would have gone to a theater that had one screen and if you're talking about the 70 millimeter films you would have had to have like in major cities because i don't know how I don't. I, I'm not exactly sure about the screens for these in smaller cities, but I know in major cities, they had specific theaters that you'd have to go to to see these films, because yes, they were not just going to be at your local one somewhere down in the street. You'd have to go well, to one that had seventy millimeter capabilities and stereo yes. sound, because you, yeah, they wouldn't have been wired for stereo sound. Well, that's that was the success of um, what was it? Return of the Jedi, Star Wars, mm. right? Uh, with a T T H X, right? George Lucas um had a he wouldn't show his second film um in any theater that didn't have was it was it T H X. Yeah, like they the, the full-on certified. Yeah, that the one. Audience is now deaf. Yes. Yes, uh, he wouldn't play it in a in a theater that didn't have those yeah, capabilities, have... and so all the theaters did it. But like that wasn't a thing beforehand. Some theaters might have one thing, another theater might have another. Mm -hmm. um, and even even today, like I'm pretty sure Tampa Theater, for example, only recently, like in the past five ten years. Um, jumped on board with digital, where they well, were they playing things on 35 millimeter, their... and that just limits their their sales. Yeah, because what? Because some <laughs> companies say, don't and this is don't not, play this digital is, this or don't play 35. Not a, a dig or anything, and I don't know. I don't know about. I don't know about it. Like I don't know about their their specific whatevers. But I'm pretty sure half of the time I'm going to see a Blu-ray. Like, I'm not joking. Like oh, I'm like, I'm yes. pretty sure this is the Blu-ray that I own at home. Like, when I was all Desperately Seeking Susan and the Kino logo came up and I was like, 
I think this is probably just the Blu-ray. <laughs> I think I think that's the case for a lot of their stuff. Um, at least when I was attending more frequently. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been in quite some time. I actually haven't been, I think, in, since my friend uh, Dawn started working there. Hi, Dawn, if you're listening. Uh, still think about you sometimes. Uh, but she... <laughs> yeah, I just haven't been in quite some time. I haven't been since I... Really, since I left my first theater job, I yeah, mean, I, I'm at a different theater now. But I love, I love going there. But it's, it is weird it's because weird. It, they they did upgrade the sound. I mean, good lord, I can't remember when they did that. It was a long time ago. Like I think I saw an ideal husband when, in its theatrical run, <laughs> right after. Yeah, and for and for I know we have a lot of people who listen from like Vietnam and such. So for people who aren't familiar with Tampa or Tampa Theater, Tampa Theater was built in 1929, I want to say, somewhere around there. Somewhere around so there. So it's like a historic, it's a historic location. So yeah. it's a very old theater and they really like preserve that essence. So them getting digital uh, it really late into the game is totally reasonable because, you know, oh, they're, yeah, they're preserving the magic well, I was so also going to say the sound they did get an improved I'm quoting with my fingers an improved sound system but it's such an old theater that it really doesn't it like what I it's the one thing about going there that I don't like is going to like when I saw Desperately Seeking Susan it was tricky because if you're up on the balcony the sound is not that great and then if you're down on the bottom, the sound is not oh, that yeah. great. Because it's, it's just the way that the sound is in that room is weird. It's very strange. Yeah, it's super echoey. I think the theater was built because they have like an organ that comes film. from the stage. Yeah. And that's how silent so films were, were projected. They were projected and you'd have a live organist playing the score. Yeah. Which they do. Yeah. When they do that, I love going. Which... Uh, I went and saw Metropolis like that, which was amazing. And uh, oh my goodness, was so brilliant! Good. I'm was way so jealous. It was yeah, amazing. but it's it's the acoustics of that time. It's super echoey because the auditorium was built to to echo, so you could hear what's going on yeah. down on the stage. But like, it doesn't I, work with like digital yeah no. stuff. I agree. Yeah. Um, it's still a beautiful theater to go to. I mean, if you go, oh, you know, absolutely, I, mean, I recommend yeah, it to I recommend anybody, anybody, and everybody. Um, you know, if you want like a, a pristine quality film experience, like a Star Wars film, you'd probably want to go see that in one of the more major, you know, AMC or something like that, because they're going to be equipped to handle that kind of thing. Like, I would never have gone to see <laughs> the last Star Wars film in that theater like there's no way that I would, <laughs> it would have ruined it completely to have that sound system projecting those specifics like it just would have sounded weird because that film was amazing you and me saw that that was amazing yes i'm, I'm glad i'm glad we saw it together we should it was probably nice. do that when it comes out well it has come out has it come out yet i think probably. it's out digitally but it hasn't come out formally on blu-ray yet i i can't wait because I, i've been putting off purchasing any of the films star wars because i had the so you can get a uh, blu-ray special edition pack yeah i want the whole box of all nine of them i have to i have to have the whole box um i mean i dig uh, it i well because i had the the 
original six, when they put those out on Blu-ray for the first time, I had that for the longest time, and then I sold it because I needed money. And then I, after that, I didn't buy it back. I still haven't because I was like, well, but they're making the new one. So I knew that they, were, they are putting out a box of all nine. So I'm going to wait and do that. Yes. Not the point, people. So <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I give this one 10, 10 toes. Right I'm on. giving it the 10. It's got two feet firmly on the ground. I give it... I'd say I'd give it eight. I was predicting in my head you were going to give it eight. <laughs> I was I was struggling with like a seven, seven and a half. And I was like, eh, an eight, because it's like a solid movie. And I did just go on about how it left me wanting more, but like not in a bad way, oh, in a good yeah. way. I wanted to bring that up real quick. Hold on. Let me make sure okay. I got all my notes. Oh! The fabric. So when they're making, okay, we got to, I got to go through that. Oh, I'm sorry. We're going back. So on Aurora's birthday. We're not going back, John. This is the end of the podcast. No, no, I have to because this is, I mean, if I did not, if, if my mom accidentally listens to this, she'd be pissed that I didn't bring this up. So. It's her favorite love, part, right? We love this movie. What? It's, it's her favorite it's one, scene. It's her favorite scene, yes, but it's it's one yeah. of my favorite things ever. And we quote this constantly as a family. Like, our whole family quotes this constantly, and I'll tell you why. So, first of all, I want to bring up the fabric. So, when they're all, the fairies are in the, the cottage. It's her 16th birthday. They're all preparing. They send her off, and that's when she falls in love or whatever. But while they're at the, the house... They all want to do these things that they've never done before because it's their last chance to do it. So, you know, uh, I can't remember the name. Flora wants to make a dress. Uh, mm -hmm. The other, with the one in the green, I can't remember her name. She Bono wants, wants to make a cake. She wants to make a cake. And Meriwether, I don't know what she, she probably just. She's stuck being a model. Yeah, oh, yeah, she's the mannequin for the dress. But she, because she would have originally baked, right? Right? And Yeah, and yeah she the, was giving Fauna advice on baking. Yeah. Like, so, she was like, what's a tisp? And she's like, it's a teaspoon. Okay. <laughs> so you just said the part that I was going to bring up. But, uh, yeah. but hold on. But first, the fabric. We got to talk about this fabric. So there, she's the one, she's trying to make the dress. It's just not working. She has no idea what she, she cuts a gigantic hole in the middle of the fabric as the bottom of the dress. And so she said, like, Mary Weather's like, what are you doing? She's like, that's for the bottom of the dress. Like, There's got to be a hole in it. <laughs> anyway, but if you watch, just watch the scene, literally just look at the fabric. It is one of the most magical pieces of fabric I've ever seen in any movie because it does all kinds of crazy things. Like, she cuts the big hole. She drops it over Meriwether. She folds it over her twice and cuts another hole. And it just well, she cuts magically... Holes. You, you, it's amazing. It magically just kind of, like, becomes a dress. Like, I don't know how to explain it. If you actually literally watch the, the, the fabric, it changes. Because it had to, for animation purposes, like, it had to fit the comedy of the bit. But But... In real life, this would never have happened. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was just I love watching the fabric because I think it's it's hysterical to watch it. Anyway, so that's that. But the tisp. So, 
every time, like mostly every Christmas, I go over to my parents' house to make uh, cookies and stuff. We always make cookies, especially peanut butter cookies and oatmeal cookies. Those are our two. But <laughs> we cannot get through making any kind of anything in the kitchen without bringing up one tisp. <laughs> and we say it every <laughs> single time. One tisp. That's a teaspoon, dear. <laughs> that's cute. Every single time. And my mom loves it. She thinks that's the cutest thing ever. <laughs> so I had to bring that up. Um, I also didn't bring up the, the long sequence. I mean, uh, the sequence where the Aurora and the prince meet for the first time. It was the longest sequence in production. It took years to make that scene. And I loved when she was dancing with the animals beforehand and the bunnies bouncing in the shoes, like oh, trying to keep I up. Like, I love the coordination between, like, all those little moving parts. Oh, yeah. And, in fact, when yeah. Disney saw the first run of the sequence, he wanted more animals. He's like, no, there needs to be more animals. <laughs> so they put more. <laughs> Right on. But um, the, that sequence took the longest because it was one of the hardest to do. And if you ever go back and watch it, and this is what I'm talking about, this film in general. I mean, a lot of stuff happens very quickly because, like we said, it's very short. But there's so much going on if you're on the opposite end like if you're an, an artist or an animator or any of that you're going to look at this thing completely differently than anybody else and as an audience yeah. i would actually want you to think about that when you watch this if, if you like after our podcast if you go back and watch sleeping beauty which is readily available on all kinds of things <laughs> it's in various formats please go watch it yeah um it's on disney plus for pete's sake but uh watch it and just take from the standpoint of an artist look at it that way because it is spectacular like these camera movements and you have to think about the coordination of all of those backdrops that Edwin Edwin Earl had to make like he had to make all of these things and the way that they're pieced together because the camera is panning from left to right or whatever and it's going through all this shit like when the prince is riding on his horse through this gigantic forest area and like I said, you're not thinking about it because, you know, you're just watching the movie, whatever. He's riding on his horse. Who cares? Whatever. But yeah, from an animator standpoint, an artist standpoint, you're looking at, like, well, how is that happening? Like, I mean, you're going from, like, one huge, long backdrop on a 70-millimeter screen, granted. I mean, so can you imagine how long it is? Do you know what I mean? Like, you're painting from left to right, and it's quick to you, but that's, like... I mean, on a wall that would take up a whole bedroom. If do you know what I mean? Like that, the painting would have to be gigantic, and then it's pieced yeah. together because there'll be like a tree in the foreground, and the backdrop is happening behind it. So there's a split. Does that make sense? Am I describing that correctly? Yes. So like Perfect. a tree Beautifully. is a tree is probably well it is a tree is covering. Uh, where they have to change the backdrop to a second one because it would it would have been too long to have you know what I mean like it it's astronomical so anyway so the sequence is very long and very hard to produce basically which is like I said it, it went way over budget Disney was not very happy about it he was like god damn it but it's absolutely stunning to look at and all these animators including uh Chuck Jones he actually was off uh, Warner Brothers closed down their animation department because they thought 3D movies were going to uh, 
take over the box office yeah, and nobody sure. was going to watch animated movies anymore. So they basically dissolved the animation department and all the animators had no jobs. So they were going to Disney and they're like, hey, and I got a job. Yeah. And uh, Chuck Jones was one of them. And in fact, everybody that worked on the film did work on this sequence in some way. It just took so long. But Chuck Jones was there yeah. for four months working on this specific scene and then left and went back to Warner Brothers because they reopened their department because they realized that 3D movies weren't doing that well. And, right. Uh, so they reopened their animation and started doing that again. So Chuck was brought back. So he left the... So he was just there for like random four months and that's the only thing he worked on was the sequence. Like that's how long and exhausting this thing took. So anyway, but if you ever watch it, it's beautiful. The The specifically when they're dancing past the water and they're reflected in the water it is stunning it's so beautiful to look at that water is always the oh. telltale oh and i texted you the other day about water good. i texted you about water it was what was it the good dinosaur i was watching that you have got to watch that i like i've seen the good dinosaur it's did you see great. that that Great was, work! Yes, the absolutely. water was so beautiful. <laughs> well, I mean, the whole backdrop. Uh, I agree. I couldn't yes. believe that that was like a computer-generated backdrop. So I was like, "What?" It's like those have to be real. Like the, it was beautiful. That was such a gorgeous film to watch. Anyway, it was very sad movie. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it was like the land honestly. before time, and we're back, but somehow sadder. Yeah, like I mean, dude, it was. What? I mean, there's so many horrible things <laughs> were happening to this poor dinosaur. I was like, what the fuck? But it was so beautiful looking. Anyway, so um, yeah, I got all my notes. So you're done with all your notes? Yes. Perfect. What would you recommend? Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. So the Sleeping Beauty. This guy. I'm sorry. There's so many. Th I told you I was going to do this because I know so much about it. And I want to try to get it all in. Yeah, this is also so, one of your favorite movies. <laughs> it is. Uh, so, Sleep Me, I've talked about this before, I think, but um, Snow White was the first time that a soundtrack of songs had been released on, like, a record for people to purchase. Um, oh, right on. Did songs, not know that. Yeah, the songs were so popular from Snow White that they were, like, they released it as a soundtrack. So, uh, Sleeping Beauty... Was it just one long song? Was it all just Once Upon a Dream? No, 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 no. I said Snow White. So like hi ho oh, and oh goodness goodness I'm so yeah, sorry uh, like hi ho and uh, whatever yes. other songs were in that movie. oh <laughs> I, I can see that that makes a lot of sense yeah, yeah. so the songs were so popular yeah. that they they did that but this was the first time that a score had ever been released on as a record oh that also makes sense with the uh, with the Javoski because uh, it's so beautiful. And of course, I own all different versions of it, and it's insane. But, um, so, and I already posted on our Instagram and Facebook some of, some of my Sleeping Beauty memorabilia. I mean, there's so much that I couldn't Yikes. even, couldn't even fathom trying to pull it all out. I mean, I have totes that, like, those plastic totes that you buy mm -hmm. to store shit in. I have those, and they're all purple. And... <laughs> They've got tons of shit in it. I mean, it's ridiculous. Whatever, not the point. So, um, so yeah, I gave it ten toes. You gave it eight. Yep. Um, what is your? Did I say everything? 
Is everything out of the way? What, what's your movie it? recommendation? Yes. Okay, mine. What is mine? Oh, God. For Sleep Beauty. I should have thought about this. We, we do this every single time. Um, do you know what? I'm going to go with um, Spirited Away by Miyazaki. Okay, because right on. Because in my opinion, I think as far as animated films go, I mean, Fantasia is also very beautiful, but I think Spirited Away is one of the most, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it, but it is one of the most beautifully animated films I have ever seen other than Sleeping Beauty. Like it is that's amazing. Really how solid. It is. Yeah. Beautiful. That's a really solid choice. Yeah. So that's my um, I I have two. So if you watch Sleeping Beauty and you really like the fairy tale aspects of it, I would and I always want when we do these, like when we did Beauty and the Beast and mm-hmm. and such, like whenever we do future classic Disney fairy tale movies. I don't necessarily want to suggest a typical Disney like princess movie. Mm-hmm. Even though those would fit. Like obviously if you like Sleeping Beauty, you're going to love, you know, like Little Mermaid. But I would say my recommendation avoiding all of that would be like in the same vein, but also a little bit more silly, would be like Enchanted, oh, or, yeah. or, or my other recommendation is Drew Barrymore's Never Been Kissed. Oh my god! Which, I just watched that. Thing. That's on Disney Plus. So if you're in sleeping beauty mode, yeah, just yeah, because it's Fox. Oh, perfect, perfect. And I know I recommended Drew Barrymore's Ever After. Yeah, that actually works. Yeah. Never been kissed. Right? I mean, hello, Sleeping Beauty, never been kissed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Aurora may as well be meeting her mate on a pitcher's mound. <laughs> exactly, exactly, for an article. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. I actually like that pairing. That's a pretty good one. What was the other one? Yeah. Uh, Enchanted. Oh, Enchanted. Enchanted was for the fairy tale. Actually, you really want like the sparkles. Enchanted. But, uh, I own it on Blu-ray, of course. But um, oh, same. That one is kind of modeled after this one. Right. Susan Sarandon's so villain like is very upbeat. well. It's sort. Oh, that's what I was going to do. I was going to talk about the uh, the Maleficent movies. Oh God, there's so much. Um, just a quick, quick blurb. Of Go ahead. Things. Because I, I'm one of those a Maleficent geek from the start, like obviously way before these live action movies. I was a, a, of course, a Maleficent of nerd since childhood. So uh, for me, I always wanted to make a Maleficent. This is the thing. All these things that I love tremendously, I always wanted to make films out of. And I wanted to do a Maleficent film. And when... Uh, I was when they announced that they were going to do it. I was so concerned because my first thought, like way back in the day, was well, I thought Kate Blanchett would have been pretty good, but I also think Kate Blanchett would have been a good um, Lady Tremaine, which she was Lady Tremaine. Oh my God, I didn't even think about that. Kate Blanchett actually plays Lady Tremaine in Cinderella, the live action. So, <laughs> hello, <laughs> I cast that in my head way before that happened. But anyway, 
uh, because she has a good voice and a good look. But um, she probably would have been yeah, good as Maleficent. But, but I did think Angelina Jolie would have been a perfect Maleficent. And then she got cast in it. I was like, oh, they better not fuck this up. Because I was, you know what I mean? Like, you're making my movie and you cast the person I thought would be good in it. So I was like, God damn it. And uh, being a nerd like I am, I'm not as snobby as other people have been about it. I actually think it's fantastic. I thought what they did with her backstory was brilliant. Especially, because have you seen it? Uh, you yeah. Seen it? Yes. Um, it's, spoilers people. <laughs> she has wings and they are taken from her. And basically part yeah. of the plot of it is that she is going to get her wings back. But, uh, and it's horrifying. Like it's one of, it's a gut-wrenching scene when her wings it's, are taken. It's great. It's it's a it's a terrible terrible rape scene. It's awful, uh, which yeah. is very traumatic. I didn't. There was some things that I did not like about what they did. Like I don't like that they softened her a little bit. Like they uh, death like sleep instead of just cursing her with death. I was like, no, she should have just cursed her with death because that's maleficent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, but they yeah, she makes reckless that. decisions whether or not they're good for her. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think they did a great job. And then the sequel, I was also concerned because I was like, well, what else do you have to say? <laughs> but I just, I watched it not too long ago because I, I didn't see it in the theaters, unfortunately. Uh, but I did purchase it at Target on sale. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very excited. Uh, so I watched it and I was blown away by how much I loved it, uh, which is a controversial statement. <laughs> especially for Maleficent nerds, but I am a Maleficent nerd. I'm allowed to like it. So get over it. You're allowed to like what you like, I, man. I am. But I thought it was brilliant because it actually works best to have both of them because it tells the entire Sleep and Beauty story in the two films. And it's, it's hard to explain that if you haven't seen both, but because the, right. the first Maleficent kind of does cover most of the story but then when you put the sequel in there, it ties up all the other parts that they didn't get to in a weird way. Like, I, it was so, yeah. so well written. But it gives you more of a backdrop of her species. And that, well, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. I loved that so much. And you especially. Like, have you seen the second one? Yeah, you. I have not seen the second one, no. Uh, you need to see it because you will love the fuck out of it. It is so good. I was like, what? This is amazing. I was so excited. I was excited through the whole thing. I, I thought, and Michelle Pfeiffer's in it. Hello. Yes, please. It's so good. So anyway, so uh, that was my blurb on the Maleficent movies because they have it. Right on. Uh, so yeah, those are good. We'll have to cover those maybe another time. Maybe we'll do like a, a one episode about both. Uh, oh, we could do a bonus episode after this. A what? I'll I'll watch the second one and we'll do a bonus episode. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be good. We should do that. Yeah. I I love I loved them. So we'll we'll talk about those later. Uh so yeah. So that's it, I guess. Uh what's right next on. week? I honestly What's don't next know. week? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's for uh Rex Manning Day. Oh, Empire Records. Oh, Empire can, Records, nineteen ninety five. Can we decide right now which one? Because there's two. 
the 1995 Empire Records no, 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 with no, no, no. the. Are we watching the theatrical version or the remix edition? Oh, dip. Um, because I own the remix, remix edition. edition. I don't own the. I also theatrical. own the remix edition. Okay, I'm so pretty sure we should do that one then, because is the cover is the cover where Liv Tyler's like this. Well, I think they're both. I think they're both. It's blue. Yes. The blue one is the one that we would be doing. Well, now now I have to look. Hold up. Okay. Now I. Have <laughs> yes. Okay. So we are watching the Empire Records Remix Special Fan Edition. Which right I we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But I, I technically do prefer that version. I mean. But we'll talk about that next week. On yeah, Rex on Rex Manning, Manning Day. Day. <laughs> ah. okay. all right well then um in the meantime give us some reviews like subscribe if you're cool with that email us at one podcast at gmail.com we look forward to any and all recommendations uh what else we've got social medias mm-hmm. one foot podcast one foot on the ground on facebook otherwise it's one foot podcast on instagram twitter all that dang good stuff. Yep. And uh, hug, hug, kiss, kiss. Bye-bye. Ooh.